Attention team campers, we now have Yule Lad specific merch for the holiday season. If you'd like to celebrate Icelandic style, please follow the link in our description for our Tee Public storefront. If you'd like more from camp, we are also now featuring bonus episodes for patrons for a small fee. As ever, we love to hear from you, so please tell us your ghost stories by emailing us at letterstocamp at gmail.com. You can also help us out by reviewing and rating us on Apple Podcasts. We know you have many spooky podcasts to choose from, so we thank you for choosing Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. The episode will begin shortly. Hi, guys. Hi. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. Mm-hmm. My name is Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Campbell. Uh, it's been hard to get into the Christmas spirit, obviously, because the Texas weather, at least down here in Austin, has been um, fickle, to say mm-hmm. the least. Mm-hmm. But I started reading Neil Gaiman's Book of Norse Mythology. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited and looking forward to the, you know, blasted snowscape of Asgard. I think that'll be really fun. So Eli Roth, who's an American film director, producer, editor, writer, actor, and he's most associated with horror and for directing and with directing the films Cabin Fever and Hostel. So he's like kind of a big deal and he is part of like the early 2000z mid 2000z horror landscape in like the mainstream. You know, these aren't like these aren't like indie horror flicks. These are like big theater uh films and he kind of bewilderingly has entered the the world of true paranormal television what <laughs> and he is producing a new show called a ghost ruined my life which i told you about a couple episodes ago and it's basically like the newest form of like a haunting the haunted you know interview shows where people tell their ghost accounts and then there are recreations so I'm going to tell the first episode of A Ghost Ruined My Life. And the show is really wonderful, not only because the stories are really scary, but because it's extremely slick and professional. Like, it sounds really good. The sound is so lovely and the is acting is good. It's on Discovery Plus. Oh, dope. It's on Discovery Plus. Uh, the acting is good. The It is probably the scariest dramatizations I've ever seen. Because it was, you know, produced... I don't know how... <laughs> it was put together by a real horror creator and filmmaker. And so the, so the dramatizations cool. are legitimately extremely scary. <laughs> that's awesome. I feel like they haven't come out with a new show like that that's been, like, high quality in a really long time. Or maybe right. ever. So, A Ghost Ruined My Life, Season 1, Episode 1. And the intro sound is, I'm Eli Roth. I've spent my life telling horror stories. But imagine if they were real. And suddenly you found yourself stalked and tormented by an evil spirit. 
and no one believed you. These are the actual accounts of terror as told by the victims who came face to face with their demons and survived. Cool, 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 cool. While I was watching this episode was one of those times where I was so scared that I was like, why am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's when I know it's a good experience when I'm like, why am I putting myself through this? Really? This is one of those times when I was watching and I was like, this is what I want? This is what I do? This? This is my favorite thing. Why would I willingly bring myself nearer to this? And yet, here we are. So we open on a tearful Shannon Rogers. She's a statuesque middle-aged woman with large, misty eyes and really long, shiny black hair. And... The events that drove her into her current situation, which is living with her mother, happened only nine months before they recorded this interview. And this is that story. They got her fast. So rewind nine months, and she's moved into a home in the southwestern United States in December with her three-year-old son. She was a part-time bartender and found a great rate on the rental. The home is in a beautiful neighborhood and surrounded by nature and near a lake. Mm. And it was also stuffed with the personal belongings of the former renters. Mm. So Shannon moves in with her son and she's helped by her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend, Ed. While they unpack, Shannon is also trimming their Christmas tree. Her daughter's boyfriend comes out of one of the rooms holding a guitar, which had been left in the home. And brings her a crystal ornament that he had found, which they added to their own tree. Two days later, Shannon is unpacking in the kitchen when she hears her little son talking to someone in the other room. We can share. Well, this is our house. Okay. (laughs) She walks in and says, who you talking to, bud? He doesn't respond, but continues to giggle up at the crystal ornament on the Christmas tree in the room where he's playing. He eventually stops and is just like, I'm hungry. (laughs) No no longer in children are terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon says that she's a very spiritual person and which is such a loaded term. Like that could mean so many things. (laughs) It could practically mean anything. Um and can sense energies and felt that they weren't alone in the house. The landlord had disclosed that at one time an old woman woman had lived and died there, and Shannon thought that that was who was behind the vibe. Mm -hmm. So Christmas passes, they celebrate in the new home, and on New Year's Eve, Shannon and her son are counting down the clock and about to clink their little glasses of champagne for her and, you know, apple cider for him. And when they count down and the new year rings in, her son stares into the dark living room across from them and says, Mommy, what is that? What's what? Behind you. They both stare into the darkness silently. And then, bang, bang, bang! The living room erupts with noise as the walls are slammed by an invisible force over and over and over. Mother and son hold each other as it dies down, waiting for another bang. 
But then the Christmas wind-up music box on the mantle next to the tree tinkles to life. That's worse. Chiming the melody of, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas Mm. tree. Was it three bangs or was it just a lot of bangs? It was a ton of bangs. Okay. Shannon felt this was a different energy than the old woman she thought had been talking to her son. She says that she could have never predicted what would happen next. So one day Shannon is in the kitchen over the sink and she looks up to see a young man in her front yard through the window. She looks down and back up and he's gone. While this is happening, her son Jamie is giggling loudly and when asked what he was doing says, we're playing. He was spinning quickly in circles at the base of the stairs and there was, of course, no one around. He runs around the house And Shannon sees that there are wet footprints all around where he's been spinning. She glances into the parlor and sees that the rocking chair is rocking. She steps forward and suddenly sees a little girl standing, glaring at her by the rocking chair. She looks around and then the girl is gone. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) They've got like all of the big tropes. This is horrifying. I know, right? (laughs) there's gonna be a clown like from the storm drain so shannon is alarmed that jamie has been playing with this spirit she thinks another day she's in the house walking down a hallway and she glances to check on her son sleeping and she sees a man sitting on her son's bed with his back to her facing the window she slowly walks into the room and the man turns And she sees that it's the same young man she saw in the yard. He grumbles, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. Tell my sister she can have my guitar. And then he raises a gun to his head and pulls the trigger. (gasps) Shannon screams and Jamie wakes up asking what's wrong. He was in bed? Yes. Oh my God. How are the reenactments? What's the, what's the quality on them? Really high. No. (laughs) I told you, this is literally made and produced by a real filmmaker. This is really, really scary. When the camera pans and you just see the back of a man sitting on the bed, I wanted to throw up and slam my computer shut. I was like, what what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) The ghost not facing you is horrifying. So at this point, Shannon is overwhelmed by the number of spirits in her home. Mm -hmm. So to better understand what she's dealing with, she does some research. She finds that the man who lived in the home prior to her was a young musician who had committed suicide. She also looked into drownings at the nearby lake as well and found that a girl had drowned only a couple of years before. She found the memorial video of the little girl. Dark. And Shannon recognized her as the exact child that she had seen playing with her son. I've got the chills. That is good for her. She found a lot of stuff on her own. So Shannon takes a break from her story to show the crew around her house. And I'm pretty sure it's an all-female crew. I didn't hear any male voices. Uh, She tells them that once she had arrived home and immediately came faced, like, in the house she's staying in now... And she had opened the door and immediately come face to face with like a gray skeleton face. (gasps) And that her heart had like felt tight and painful. 
And while she's talking about this, the light over them flickers. Oh my god. And they're all like, um, what was that? Uh, what's, what's, and then she was like, she was like, (laughs) Shannon was like, and we're not near the light switch. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. And then she tried to reproduce it with the light switch and she couldn't get it to like flicker in that exact way. Oh my god. And they're all just like, oh. (laughs) Lovely. Okay. (laughs) So back to her story. Shannon believes that she can help the restless spirits cross over. She talked to a friend of hers who's a medium, which in the southwestern United States is like every other person. They are very into, (laughs) there's like a rock healing center on every corner, (laughs) depending on where you are. Um, Her friend said that a suicide can trap other spirits in a space because of the energy and that he needed closure. And that once that happened, he would go and anything negative or dark would go with him likely story so she set out to find his family which happened in the last episode i did where they tried to reach out and the family was like not ready to hear it but there is some more closure in with this story um so she sets out to find his family and she finds his sister and she offers her his guitar and some of his things and I don't think she told her, like, hey, your brother is still at the place and he wants you to not be mad at him. But she was just like, have this and um, have a nice day. So his sister accepts the guitar gratefully. And Shannon felt his spirit go where he was supposed to go after that and hoped that he had taken the rest with him. One night, Shannon is settling into bed. And she suddenly just sort of feels off. And she walks into the hallway and sees odd lights trailing up and down out of her son's room. And she walks in to find her son watching these lights sort of trail along his room like a show. And he already has this like sort of spinning nightlight on his bedside table. But these are like additional lights adding to it. And so she's looking around And then she turns to see a completely black human figure standing behind her. (gasps) She screams, grabs her son, and runs out of the room to her bedroom. She slams the door shut, and then the walls of her room begin being knocked and banged and slammed (gasps) like they had been before. Oh my god. (sighs) Really weird to put on a light show, though. Yeah, that doesn't... You don't hear about that that often. Not often. No. That's like alien stuff. (laughs) (laughs) They're usually more interested in in (laughs) interesting and creative light visuals. Uh, So her daughter, Madison, dismissed the story as maybe a dream or something. And her daughter is her exact... She looks so similar to her. How old is her daughter? Uh, uh, she looks like 21, okay. 22. Young she's, adult, adult. She is, she is young, young adult. And she, except for she has really long blonde hair, which it looks very natural, like an ashy blonde. And it looks like her mom used to have that same blonde hair, but she dyed it black. Mm. I think cool. probably since all of these events. So her daughter, Madison, thinks that she's like dreaming or that she might be kind of crazy or dramatic. 
Luckily, we don't have, well, I don't know if it's lucky, but there's no man in the picture that's being like, well, I didn't see anything, so I went back to the oil rig and <laughs> left no her man. to hang, to figure it out on her own. I'm a kind of see something to believe it kind of guy, <laughs> um, which is apparently every kind of guy, except for like Eli Roth and like six <laughs> other guys, and they're all paranormal investigators. <laughs> guys who have had paranormal encounters and they're still like i don't really believe in ghosts <laughs> it's like you it, you experienced one you saw it where's the believe it <laughs> that's supposed to be the antecedent to the belief they're like mm, i guess i was wrong i guess i just have decided not to ever i don't know <laughs> people can believe or not believe in ghosts it's their business but yeah. Um, when it becomes my business and I'm watching it on television, believe your wife. <laughs> Problems in the past had led to her having a bad rental history. So it wasn't as easy as just breaking the lease and finding another spot, mm. which I really respect that disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> Renting is and moving homes at in general is very hard financially. and It really feels like you have to be close to inheriting a, a royal title of a small <laughs> Baltic country to be able to qualify to live in like the shittiest apartment complex. Yes. And it's, it's like... And you have to have so much money up front and they never <laughs> give you back your deposit. They always try to find a way to weasel it out of you. It's insane. It really does feel wild. So it feels like if life just happens to you and shit gets fucked... It, it just feels like there's hardly any room to accommodate that. It seems like they're just so intense and and exacting around renting. It's like, Jesus. Okay. So, it's, so it ends up that the only places that will accept you have <laughs> are filled to the brim with the ex-suicide victims, with you know, ghosts. effects, and with demons. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it makes sense, I feel like, that this was not the ideal living arrangement or that it was the best that she could come up with. Totally. We're not very forgiving to people with bad credit scores or bad rental histories. So she decided that since she didn't have another option, since she couldn't leave, she would try to get rid of the spirits with her medium friend. So they come to the conclusion that the suicide must have created an opening in the veil, as it were, a little zip open of a portal, so to speak, and that it was making it easier for spirits of all kinds to sort of pass in and out. I almost think of portals like like when you wear skinny jeans for over like six weeks and they just get really thin on the inner thigh. Mm. It seems like there are certain areas where just like things have just been rubbed really thin totally. and then you can just sort of pass through more easily. Totally. And it just needs to be mended. So they came to the conclusion that the suicide had opened the veil and uh, and she gets serious about solving this spiritually <laughs> so shannon leaves her son with her mom to stay and she starts with some spiritual aids of protection from her medium friend and then they decide to have a ritual where they basically pray over the home and pray for the spirits to leave with like candles and you know books i don't know what books but books and spiritual not discernibly book. the bible the bhagavad gita and the quran i think those are the only holy books i can think of at the top of my head that aren't the bible eat pray love the secret and the secret <laughs> <laughs> that's all of them Junie b jones <laughs> that's 
that's my Bible. So they do this ritual, they pray, summon the Archangel Michael. Mm. Meanwhile, her son has woken up his grandma in the middle of the night over at grandma's house saying, there's a monster in the house with mommy. And grandma's like, no, go to bed. (laughs) So they finish up with the prayer. Shannon believes that it's worked. And after the ritual, they sort of like have some drinks and chat with each other. And then Shannon starts kind of acting oddly. She starts making like really like kind of off color jokes about the situation and laughing strangely and then she lights a cigarette even though she's not a smoker and then like flings it at her friend and her friend is like oh you know what i'm gonna get right out of here and then shannon kind of snaps out of it she doesn't have any memory of her behavior (gasps) megan tells her and then megan hurriedly leaves and is like um you need to get out of this house okay goodbye so the show doesn't like bring anyone in it just no. tells a story. I mean, it's interviewing Shannon and Shannon's daughter, but I think those are the only two people that it okay. actually talks to. Like, we don't hear from Megan. Okay. So, she's alone in the house now after Megan has left, and a few of the books, you know, Junie B. Jonesy, Pray Love, <laughs> they use in their ritual. So, not Amelia Bedelia. That's, that's <laughs> that chaos magic. That might not be magic. your spirituality, that's but chaos magic. No. We don't call on Amelia Bedelia to help us solve... <laughs> She would only increase the chaos and d- demonic nature of the <laughs> <laughs> situation. Amelia Bedelia performs an exorcism. <laughs> you would need to get Amelia Bedelia exercised out of you. You know what? <laughs> Amelia Bedelia performing an exorcism would be her exercising the spirits, literally being like push-ups, um, <laughs> pull-ups, jogging. We're not invoking Amelia. I've already <laughs> said her name too many times. So she's alone now in the house, and a few of the books they used in their ritual slide off the table on their own. No. And she's like, (laughs) that's normal. And then, like, (laughs) picks them up and puts them back. And she slowly walks out of the room, and then a knife slices through the air from the dining room table to the little table next to her. Oh. Okay. Day to day, she's now living in fear, alone in the house. It got really dark after that. Alone? Did she leave her son and her mother's? Yeah, for a period of time to try to figure out them. In the interview, she's talking about how afraid and sleep-deprived she had become at that point. And while she's being interviewed and talking to the crew, her phone rings in the other room. And she's flustered and apologizes and says that she had turned the volume off and that she had set it to vibrate. And she leaves to go, like, stop it. And then the crew's like, it's okay, that's fine. And when she sits back down again, they're like, does this happen often with electronics kind of doing their own thing? And Shannon says, oh, yeah. And then she picks up again, telling her story. And almost immediately after, her phone starts ringing again in the other room. And her eyes get really wide and she covers her mouth with her hand and she says, I powered it off. I literally turned it off. I got chills again. (laughs) Back to the story. Shannon's daughter, Madison, and her boyfriend, Ed, needed to crash with her for a few months because they had been laid off from their jobs. So one night, Shannon is startled awake by something. 
She walks around the house and she finds Ed, her daughter's boyfriend, sitting at the dining room table, just like behaving strangely. And Shannon turns and is shocked by a dark, hunched figure in the corner watching them. Hunched? Hunched. Madison, Ed's girlfriend and Shannon's daughter, says that she didn't know what exactly was going on, but that Ed became very angry and weird when he was in the home. And Shannon is still sort of spiritually experimenting. And uh, I think she's taken her son back at this point. And Shannon decides to try to make tar water. So tar water is a medieval medicine consisting of pine tar and water. Uh, as it was foul tasting, it slowly dropped in, pu- in popularity, but it was revived in the Victorian era. It also has uses in folk medicine to banish evil spirits. So it's like a m- folk medicine and also like a folk medicine. <laughs> Like it was literally used medicinally and then also used in spiritual practice. So Shannon makes it. It smells foul as it should. And Ed walks in while she's sort of mixing it on the stove and he just grabs it and tosses it out the front door. And everyone is like, uh. Oh, my God. This so, is insane, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is so wild. So one night, Shannon is awoken by being choked and lifted out of her bed. Her daughter runs into the room and she is yanked to the ground and dragged backwards. After that, yeah. <gasps> After that, Madison and Ed quickly moved out. They felt bad, but they had to protect themselves, and they wished that Shannon could leave as well, but they're like, you know, peace, love, and pixie dust. We have got to go. This is, <laughs> this is fucked. Now, alone, after her daughter and Ed have left, the home starts its characteristic banging again, and Shannon is just, like, fully on the brink. Yeah. She yells for it to stop, but the banging gets louder and more insistent, until she's basically dissolving into tears, yelling, stop, stop, while there's just slamming and banging. Oh, oh, God. I, the, the bread, the bread hook in the KitchenAid bowl next to me was just zapped by my slamming the table and it just like, it just raised its tiny little blunt hook. And was like, demon participate? And I'm like, no, 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 you make bread. That's all you do. You couldn't cut butter. And it's like, (laughs) So she dissolves into tears and screams, begging it to stop. And instead, in front of her, this tall, black, like, hairless, scaly figure appears fully. And she screams with all of her might. And this is the last straw. After she got a real look at it, all of her gumption basically dissolved. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not going to war with you. No. Yeah, no. No, no. You're, um, you, I'm only at a yellow belt. And this feels like a a green belt situation. So I'm going to get out of here. 
So her mother agrees to let her and her little son move in full time. And she just leaves the home, basically, like, abandons the lease and is like, fine, I'll pay rent, but I'm fucking off. Oh, my God. Her daughter's whole perspective on the paranormal has changed, and she never wants to go back to the house again. And now, afraid of being trailed by this demonic presence, Shannon doesn't spend too much time in the same place. She's bought a really nice RV because she really just never wants to feel stuck in a place again. So she now eats, breathes, eats, breathes, and sleeps the paranormal and hosts investigations all around the country. Like she has her own paranormal vibe. And she says that despite all of the terror and horror she's experienced in the home, she feels she's finally got ahead of it. She then, to close out, has the crew come out and sages them sort of top to bottom. And they are all women. And tells them to imagine only kind, nice, positive thoughts, leaving anything negative behind them so nothing comes with them. Because she still has a lot of paranormal activity happening to her. But if it but if it ever gets too bad or too insistent or weird, she just packs up and goes somewhere else. And... Um, Oh my god so a ghost may not have ruined her life but it really altered her life and had a really significant impact on her life so wild i need to watch this show it sounds amazing and there's only one season so far Mm-hmm. it just came out thank you i needed that that's amazing <laughs> i can see how watching that's like why am i doing this to myself <laughs> yeah it's really fucking scary (laughs) it's really scary you know i've often said while i've watched other reenactment type interview shows that i'm glad that the reenactments are so hokey because it sort of diffuses the really scary elements of it but now when they actually have access to a really you know (laughs) wonderful microphone an excellent crew one beautiful lighting and terrifying timing it's just so much worse and they don't even really i mean i don't know how much cgi is being used but i feel like something that has has made ghosts less scary in previous shows like this is that they'll just like throw a bunch of cgi on who's ever playing the ghost and have like a bunch of mist or like mm-hmm. make their make them a weird color or just do a lot of stuff to them and in this one it really just seemed like they got a man and put him in a, like a black morph suit texturized it made it really hard to sort of see and understand and then just like popped him in a corner or just like had him just stand right next to her and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) yup that's enough (laughs) that'll do it like they don't have to do these crazy effects or anything to make them more scary because even when they just showed the young man who had killed himself it, it wasn't any crazy effect on him. It was just a man sitting on the end of a bed. Because a stranger because, in your house, unexpected, yeah. is horrifying when it's just a regular human. Yeah. So it was completely enough. It was extremely scary. I really recommend this show if you want to feel fucking terrified. <laughs> it feels very um, demonically angled. Uh, I think most of the episodes are called i think this one was called like portal to hell you know as a mm. <laughs> every ghost show has yeah has every show, ghost show has an episode, has an episode called, called portal, portal to hell, to hell. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> 
Um, you know what I wish for them, though? I wish that they had gotten a paranormal investigation team in there. I know. I was, I think that maybe next season they'll branch out and do that. I mean, there's plenty of shows where they just do, like, interviews, but. Oh, I meant, like, I wished that that had been part of the story. Like, I wish Shannon had brought in. Oh, yeah. And that we got to hear, like, you know, Santa Fe Paranormal Association, you know, like, spaps or whatever. She's still having stuff follow her. Well, I think she's probably tried everything she could think to do to protect herself, and she's doing it. A lot of the times with this, like, really intense, really scary, fucked up shit, like, they don't ever, like, completely separate themselves from it. They just sort of build up enough protection so that it's just kept at a slightly greater distance from them, and it's it's more livable. But I don't think they're ever able to really fully let their guard down. What a shame. What a horrible way to live. Yeah, a a ghost ruined my life. It's the name of the show. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) All right, you guys. Have a spooky night. Some haunted Eli Roth things. You saw it. Where's the believe it?